Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role joy plays in our own journey. Welcome to episode 119. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the podcast, I am thrilled to have Emily Levy joining me. Emily is a 24-year-old CEO and founder of Mighty Well, which is a wellness company that makes products for people with chronic illness. Emily was diagnosed with neurological Lyme disease as a sophomore in college, and she made her very first product that same year after having her first pick line put in to treat the Lyme disease and not being totally satisfied with the recommendation from her doctor to place a cut-up sock over the pick line to protect it. She sought to find a more beautiful way to cover the pick line that fit in with the carefree collegiate lifestyle that she imagined for herself. I love her story, her courage, and her vision for creating a company that helps people with chronic illness by providing products and community to help them live a better, more normal life. Before we get to the interview this week, I want to express my thanks to you for tuning in. I am so glad that you are here. Jumpstart Your Joy is a show that looks at people choosing joy even when it's the hardest choice they'll ever make. If you are new to the show and you like what you hear this week, you can find Jumpstart Your Joy on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Just search for Jumpstart Your Joy and be sure to subscribe so you get each episode downloaded to your mobile device each week when the new episode comes out on Tuesday morning. If you want to find out more about the show and get signed up for my free Joy Plus You e-course, you can get all the information about this on the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Without further ado, let's get on to the interview with Emily Levy. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have Emily Levy of Mighty Well on this week. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, Emily. Thank you so much, Paula, for having me. I'm a big fan of your work. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I am so inspired by your story and your company. Thank well, the you. first oh, yes. The first thing that I ask everyone is what did you love most as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? Some of my earliest sparks of joy were actually on the beach. I grew up in Rhode Island. So for those of you who don't know, it's just a lot of people that you would be surprised don't know that Rhode Island is the smallest state. We're the ocean state. And I actually grew up on an island. So I had a bridge on either side. And then my dad, my parents were divorced, lived about a half hour away. And growing up, you know, we couldn't afford summer camp. So he would drop me off at the beach with $2, my boogie board and like a cheese sandwich that ended up being a grilled cheese, you know, by one o'clock when I ate it because it's so hot out. <laughs> and, you know, just boogie boarding with my cousins, you know, walking around and getting a frozen lemonade and or a snack on the beach. I just have so many fond memories of growing up on Narragansett Beach, you know, really free is how I like to describe it. And I love to read on the beach alone too. So I was always that nerdy kid with a, their head in a book. So that's it. I think definitely one of my, my fondest memories of, of being a kid. Ooh, I love it. I love the water too. There's something about it. I get drawn. There is. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. And I love Rhode Island. What a cute, I mean, it is a really lovely state and 
yeah, it's beautiful and so vast for being so tiny. It is. Yeah. You know, a lot of people never leave. And that's kind of one of the reasons I decided I need to branch out. And I'm in Boston, actually, during the week, but I go home almost every single weekend, not only for treatment, but I have a 14-year-old brother and a 12-year-old sister, in addition to an older brother who's 36 with two kids. So families is super important to me. They're all, you know, still in Rhode Island. And I try to make the hour and a half drive as much as I can. Nice. Ooh, in Boston too. You're lucky. <laughs> I love that. I town. am lucky. <laughs> I am lucky. Um, I love Boston and, um, you know, I'm very fortunate that I'm able, you know, right out of college to be pursuing my dream. Yeah. Well, let's jump in. That's a perfect segue into, do you want to tell a little bit about your story and what your company is and what it does? Sure. So as I mentioned, my name's Emily Levy, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Mighty Well. We're really starting a new segment of the industry. You know, Boston has some of the best places for healthcare and some of the top athletic brands here, such as New Balance and Converse. And we're really bridging the two together where we're creating apparel, gear, and community for patients and their loved ones. So really, our vision is when someone gets sick, they think of Mighty Well for, you know, what they would need to know as someone who's newly diagnosed, you know, products that they can wear, products that they can give as gifts to loved ones. And we can see this really branching out into a full-scale brand where, you know, we have conferences and meetups and really teaching people how to live mighty well through their their setbacks, whether physical, mental, throughout their life. Mm -hmm. So how we got started is I was undiagnosed for seven years uh, with chronic Lyme disease. And that really just fully attacked my autonomic nervous system, which really, you know, controls your body, everything from how you digest food to your balance, to your blood pressure. And I kind of just dealt with all these signs and symptoms all throughout middle school and high school. You know, I had chronic fatigue, chronic pain. But then when I got to Babson, Babson College is where I went for university. After my freshman year, I just like completely collapsed. I, you know, I, I went from getting straight A's to getting C's and D's and walking out of my classroom and not remembering anything. And then one of the scariest moments was I had driven to Whole Foods, which was a mile from my campus, and I didn't know how to get back. And, you know, then we kind of realized, you know, these 10 different doctors that I'd been seeing got it all wrong. And I finally found a Lyme literate specialist who helped me get diagnosed with um, Lyme disease and other tick-borne illnesses. And then since have figured out I have an autonomic nervous system disorder called uh, dysautonomia. And the type I have is called POTS. So like if I stand or I sit too quickly, I can get really dizzy. I'm like yesterday I passed out in the shower because it was like too much of a temperature, overwhelming sensation for me. So it's kind of little things like that that I, I still deal with. And I had a pick line uh, for treatment, which is basically a long-term IV. A lot of people get them for chemotherapy or bone infections or any kind of long-term IV antibiotic treatment. And I was just told to wear a cut sock on my arm. And I was like, what? I have to go to class. Like I'm a sorority. I have a boyfriend. Um, and people started looking at me as like, what's wrong with her? Whereas before I could kind of hide that I was sick. Now people could physically see that I was a sick person. 
And I noticed that they started treating me differently. They stopped inviting me to parties. They stopped, you know, coming by my dorm room to say like, hey, how are you? And I was like, oh my God, you know, why are people treating me differently? And then I really just initially had turned to Instagram and Facebook and realized that there were millions of other people, you know, even if they didn't have chronic Lyme, they had, whether it was mental health, physical health, and they were all feeling the same way. And there wasn't really a a brand for them to get behind. And that's, you know, what Mighty Well has since grown into. So long way of saying it, but really just started this out of my own need and realizing I wasn't alone in this problem. And we're really an underserved population, but one out of three Americans lives with some kind of chronic illness. You know, everything from diabetes to fibromyalgia to, you know, even cystic acne, you know, like all of these things, we still have the same thoughts, emotions, and feelings, and no one's looking at us like people. Mm. Yeah, there's something, wow, there's a lot right there around what those kinds of illnesses and diseases can do to someone, especially in that, in well, it's almost, it's isolating, both in, you already kind of feel that there's something so different about you, my limited experience with some of these things. But then it's also, once people find out, they don't really know how to interact with you, even people you love dearly. How do you, I don't know. Yeah, they don't know how to interact with you at all. (laughs) I don't know. What kind of advice do you have, maybe even for the family or friends of people who have been diagnosed? For family and friends, I really tell them to like ask thoughtful questions because a lot of us have spent so much time in and out of doctors and researching our illness online, but we don't really have the compassion and understanding sometimes from our loved ones. So just asking simple questions like, how are you actually doing today? Or, you know, can I go with you to a doctor's appointment? I know for me, like my dad, he didn't really understand like the magnitude of what was going on until he came and sat at one of my nursing appointments. And he was like, oh my God, like I didn't realize how bad it was or I didn't realize exactly what you have to go through. So that I really encourage, you know, people just to ask thoughtful questions and if they can, you know, attend a medical appointment. Yeah. And I I know that would also be something... After the birth of my son, I was going through a lot of kind of depression and not understanding what was going on. And just knowing that someone else might walk into one of the appointments with me made such a huge difference because I wasn't alone. I mean, we didn't know what it was yet, but there was that fear Mm -hmm. that I just couldn't even shake. So I think that's really nice. And asking the person, how are you? Not how is your situation is the other thing Mm -hmm. I'm hearing there. No, you're definitely right. And you know, I know myself and some of my friends who, who are going through long-term illnesses, we often feel like a name on a doctor's chart or like mm. a line item kind of in their budget. Yeah. So we're like, okay, as a patient, I know to this doctor, I am worth, you know, the $250 copay, or I know that I'm worth X amount to this doctor and really trying to bring that human element back into healthcare is definitely what Mighty Well stands for. Yeah. Well, and how is it that you both as a company and maybe it's also as an individual, like, like as a company, how are you guys addressing that? But maybe do you have words of advice for individuals who are feeling I'm here and I'm a number and I don't Mm -hmm. really feel like I'm much more than that? 
As a company, I would say we're giving face and representation to this market that previously has been underserved or ignored and saying, listen, like I may be sick, but I can still live my life and I'm going to wear products that help me to live my life. You know, we're trying to do as many photo shoots or patient meetups or going to some of these bigger companies that I now am a public speaker for and working with them to create better content to address patients as people. So, you know, unfortunately, this problem is not going away. If anything, the market is getting bigger day by day. And we believe that we're growing to be the brand of choice for Mm -hmm. patients and their loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love how on your site, kind of along those same lines that you guys talk about in all of your your bios about who is your friend in the fight. Like, and and Mm -hmm. I think it's so important that you guys are resonating and, and indicating like who in your lives are also going through this, but also showing that as a mm-hmm. company, it's so much bigger than this thing that you're creating, which are, the, or some of them are the physical products, but like there's a deep and caring connection as a company with the fight itself. Exactly. And that's why we, like, we may have started as, you know, Lyme disease, chronic illness, but then we kind of over the past year, I've been like, wait, 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 like, who is your friend in the fight? Like this could be, you know, your son who's going through mental illness. This is, could be, you know, your grandmother who just got diagnosed with Parkinson's. Like we all, if we haven't been sick, we know someone who has been and let's create a culture of talking about what it means to be sick and how we can still live. You know, I do this talk where I explain to healthcare professionals, all we're told is like, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like, how about we start the conversation is this is what we can do, you know, instead of focusing on everything we can't do. Mm, Yes. Because that brings hope and joy and possibility back into a discussion where if you Mm -hmm. have been part of something that is a chronic illness or your, your loved one is it, you feel like a lot of doors are shutting and that's hard. You definitely do. And so many people come to me, they're like, how do you have your own company and you're going through this, you know, and I'm just so fortunate that on days I don't feel well, like, like yesterday, you know, I've surrounded myself with people who can pick up the pace on those days I can't. And now I think that there's so many jobs you can do online, or there's so many causes that you can be a part of and find purpose and meaning, you know, even if you can't work a traditional nine to five, like myself, you can still create impact. And that's what we also want to evoke in people. Because we know like when you you can't, it almost feels like your life is taken away from you. And you have to remember, you know, to find that joy and that purpose in your life. And maybe it's discovering something you didn't even know you loved. Mm, yeah. And how have you seen that play out with some of the people that you guys have interacted with? That's a great question. I think one of the most rewarding things about starting this company is, you know, every day we're getting tagged in pictures on Instagram. We're getting, you know, direct messages, emails, sometimes even handwritten notes on how we're positively affecting patients' lives um, and families' lives just by, you know, our few products that we've put out into the marketplace. Like, Yesterday, we got this note from a guy, early 30s. His wife just got diagnosed with cancer. You know, she's using Pick Perfect, which is our first product. And he said, you know, 
first she was kind of hiding under layers of clothes. And now, you know, she's proud to wear a short sleeve shirt and to show off her line. And, you know, it evokes a conversation, whereas before she didn't want to talk about it. And then she was getting depressed. So it was like hearing things like that, where we're inspiring people to live again, you know, is everything to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love that. And I also loved, there's one of um, the stories on your website about what the the tank top and then what is it? I'm going to get the name wrong, but the sweatshirt and how it can help people with, is it a feeding, a feeding tube and how that can help them? Yeah, so we're really expanding, looking at, you know, we started with pick lines just because that's exactly what I needed myself. And I tried everything that was literally, I bought like 10 different pick line covers from everything from companies to Etsy to homemade things. And none of them worked or I didn't really connect with the brands. So that's how we started. But then as I made all these friends really over Instagram and Facebook, they're like, well, I have a feeding tube. You don't have a product for me, you know, or I have diabetes. You don't have a product for me. And I'm like, oh my God, there's all these people we could be helping. So with our next collection that's actually been put into production, We'll be helping people who have feeding tubes, ports in their chest, um, who are diabetics, who have to carry around medication, who have just simply trouble dressing all products for them. Uh, but by the way, you know, all of these products are designed so beautifully. Even if you're not sick, you can still want to wear them. One of the things we were really fortunate that we were able to do was bring in a design team led by a woman named Elizabeth McGarry used to be a designer at Nike, and she currently does the entire women's collection for New Balance. So we've brought top people from the sportswear industry who all have been either affected by chronic illness themselves or have been the direct caretaker of family members to help bring this company to life and blow it up from the vision that I had two years ago when we got started. Oh, that's so amazing. Well, and such an interesting crossover because obviously there's there's a lot of similarities in comfort and different kinds of fit with sportswear. Was that something you initially saw or just did that come out organically when you started talking to designers about possible designs for what you guys were dreaming up? So first, the pick line covers were actually designed by initially my co-founder, Yusuf. And we kind of just went to a local seamstress and said like, hey, can you help us make this? Then our factory that we currently use in Providence, they helped us to like refine the design to take it to manufacturing. And then once we said like, okay, we want to build this into a brand, we just started, you know, asking people in our network, like, hey, who do you know that would want to work with us? And fortunately, we're referred to these amazing people here in the Boston area. That's cool. Sorry. (laughs) I put myself on mute because I was changing my position. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, (laughs) now I've disappeared. That is very cool. And interesting, too, that the the time and place of it being that there were so many other companies in the Boston area, like you were saying, that then have that crossover. It's just that's such lovely circumstance, it seems. like just Yeah. Like, and as we build the brand, we really see two ways. You know, if you're a venture backed company like ourselves, um, we've raised venture capital. You'll have to be thinking about an exit. So for us, we're like, okay, there's two ways we could go with this company. You know, either we're bought out by, you know, your typical medical device company who wants to have more of that touch on 
reality of the patient perspective and they want to they want to really make a stance to say you know I believe in patients and they're using that as a model of care or you can go into the athletic realm and say you know this is a natural addition of a brand segment for some of these large athletic companies who can take all of their resources like design and distribution and just apply them to the medical space. Yeah. So that's Ooh, kind of that's- how we're looking at it as a long-term opportunity. That's very cool. Well, and there's clearly a lot of business acumen here. I mean, I, I know you have won some awards for putting together a business. How did the business itself, how has that come about for you? And I don't know, how has it grown and changed from that first, the Pick Perfect cover? Yeah. So I love telling this story because I think it's, kind of every entrepreneur's story and mine very much started from filling fulfilling orders like out of my dorm room like that was a real thing and really just creating a business out of my own personal need but then really I went to my market and said okay I think I have this idea like do you have this problem too and just I encourage people to talk to as many people as possible because then you can actually learn what else is needed? Will people buy this? Will this resonate with other people? And I was really fortunate enough to win 17 business pitch competitions since starting this. And that's how we got the seed capital to start the business. And I am one of those people who can stand up and talk to 500 people and not be scared. But you know, you put a camera directly in front of me and it's me one-on-one. I'm like, oh my God. So you know, public speaking is is not an issue for me. And what I found was not only was this great, you know, to get some funding, but I got some really great feedback from the judges, all of whom had been, you know, successful in their industries. And, you know, on the ones that I didn't win, or even the ones that I won, I really took the feedback of these kind of industry veterans and say, okay, they have a great point. You know, we don't have a natural distribution path. Maybe we should focus on building more content, or maybe we need the endorsement of top people in our industry. How do we get Emily, you know, to be an influencer in this space? And all of those feedback that I gathered along the way and continue to gather really has helped shape our current business and our current roadmap. So, you know, I ramble, but that's, that's kind of well, that's awesome. Though. One of the I mean, pieces of advice that I always give to people is like, literally talk to everyone and anyone. I can't stand it when people are like, I'm in beta mode. I can't talk to anyone about what I'm doing. And I'm like, no, like, just go out there and show them your napkin sketch. You know, you'll at least get some feedback. Yeah, I love that. Because yeah, I mean, there is that thing where maybe you do want to keep an idea to yourself. But I think you're so right in the thought that if it's feedback and it's from people who've been there before, like there's something valuable in being able to incorporate that and just growing and changing as you get feedback. It's scary, yeah. but it's, it's good. It is. It's super scary. And so many people, you know, especially when I started, they're like, Oh, how's your project? Or like, Oh, like how's your Etsy business or like whatever. And I kind of just was like, Nope, my business is going really well. Thank you. Like we're now in Dana Farber or like I was just named on this, you know, list of top 50 entrepreneurs in my state, you know, things like that. And just, I always tell people to like, come back if people are doubting you, just kind of kill them with kindness and proof points that they can't deny. I like that a lot. Well, yeah, because it is easy to kind of hide. I mean, put your your little light under the bushel, if you will, of like, 
this is that thing that you're so proud of. And and so it would be easy to call it, in my case, like just a podcast or, you know, just that thing I do on the side. But when I elevate it and celebrate my wins, but then it kind of, I love what you're saying about that, of like kind of celebrate it and show your proof points. Because it is, it's something you're proud of and something that's beautiful. And you're adding you're so the, proud of it. And like, don't be yeah. afraid to like toot your own horn. You know, I think especially as women, sometimes I was even having this conversation with my friend yesterday, like sometimes you're like afraid to brag or you underbid yourself or you don't value your time. And that's one of my like resolutions, I guess, for 2018 is just to remember to value my time because you know, you only have so much of it, especially on days that you're sick. You know, you only have so many days uh, where you feel good. You know, I may work 60 hours, but one of those days, you know, usually Fridays, I do a six hour infusion and I can't work. So it's like I need to cram in all my days during the week or I'll have to work Sundays or things like that. And I think we just need to remember why we're doing this, why it makes us excited, why we're helping other people, especially as, as women in this day and age. And I'm sensing too that there's something in there about how do you, I don't know, do you have advice there on self-care? Because clearly you're in a position that is high pressure and something you love. And if you're Mm -hmm. type A like me, you probably are driven and you want to do it all the time, but you have a very real part of your life that you need to pay attention to. What do you give as advice on balancing those two? It's definitely hard. My boyfriend joked about me. He's actually, my boyfriend's actually my co-founder. And my best friend, Maria, she's my other co-founder. And he was like, I don't think I would see you if we didn't own this business together. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's a problem. So with looking, you know, to this year, we're really trying to say like, okay, Saturday, you know, we go out to dinner or, you know, we try to plan a small getaway, you know, once every quarter or things like that. For me, my New Year's resolution, I know I'm talking about this a lot, but I'm like, you know, I I need to go back to talk therapy because, you know, I just need me time. So, you know, I think a lot of people who have chronic illness also have elements of, you know, that depression and anxiety that goes along with it. And I'm not afraid to tell people that like, yeah, I struggle with that too. And I'm going to take action and some self-love and some self-care and if I need to go back to therapy, I'm going to go back to therapy, you know, and, and not look at it as a shameful thing. Yeah, because I feel like the more we talk about it, I mean, the, the other bookend of this, my journey with my son was, I was so diagnosed with PTSD. And so there was mm-hmm. a lot there of like, okay, I could either hide this or let's just talk about it. Like, it's a thing. <laughs> it really happens. Yeah, so. it, it's a real thing. And I have so many people just from like their medical experiences have PTSD, mm-hmm. which like, crazy like I have a friend who is literally medically kidnapped like that's a real thing and we shouldn't be afraid to to talk about those things because chances are someone's gonna say hashtag me too (laughs) you know (laughs) exactly yeah well and it is real and it's it's something that you have to get through and you know and even in talking to the doctor afterwards I was like well I was diagnosed with this he's like well I'm not surprised and then I'm like what yeah Like, and these things don't get talked about, like they just get, I mean, collectively ignored or quieted or whatever. Like, I don't think it helps any of us to keep it quiet. Oh, no, it doesn't. And what I've found is it actually helps other people to talk about it. So that's why I'm saying, you know what, I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to have a company that stands for 
you know, talking about these things because people are like, it's so refreshing that someone is taking a stand on this. Ooh, I agree. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you um, are I'm, talking. Yeah, and that's what I'm finding, Paul, and I'm, I'm struggling with too because I'm like, whenever I talk to someone, they get as excited as you are. And I'm like, okay, how do I translate this into, you know, marketing collateral? And how do I translate this into selling more product, you know, which will allow us to spread our message even further. So, you know, if you or any of your listeners have any ideas about how we can get the word out there, by all means, (laughs) we're open to feedback. And I hope you know, some of your listeners and whatever they're finding joy and purpose in are are also open to feedback because I think that's how we can help ourselves and help other people. Yeah. Well, and it it feels like a movement level thing, right? Like in that you're being great and courageous enough that you're talking about it. Then we say the positive side of, I want to talk about it and I want to share and I want to find the community that will let me talk about it. If somebody is like nodding their head and saying, yeah, I really want to get involved. Do you want to talk about some of the things that you guys have going on right now? I mean, even like products, but also how can they help support your company? Yeah, thank you. So we're currently doing a Republic campaign. Um, Republic is an equity crowdfunding platform that was spun out of AngelList, which is a really popular platform for finding startup jobs. And under President Obama, he opened up what's called the Jobs Act, where anyone can become an investor. So unlike Kickstarter, you know, you put in 50 bucks and you get a, a prototype or a first production run of a product and you want to support this brand. On Republic, you can actually own a piece of the company's raising on this platform. So you can invest right now as little as $25 into Mighty Well, and you'll see a return once we you know, further fundraise or we're acquired. So it's a really exciting new space and we're telling people to invest now in Mighty Well. You can also support us, you know, if you wanted to show your support for a fellow friend in the fight, we have, you know, branded products and gear, all of our hats and tees. We help send kids to camp who have disabilities in the state of Rhode Island. So, you know, your purchase also supports a great cause. Or, you know, if you know anyone struggling, uh, feel free to share links to our blog um, where we share some really inspiring stories from other of our friends in the site. And I'll link up to everything in show notes for people that are listening. But you guys are also at mighty-well.com. Is that right? So you can go to mighty-well.com or we recently purchased the domain mightywell.com. Follow us on Instagram is where we're really active, which is uh, at mightywell and then an underscore or, you know, DM me anytime on my personal account, uh, which is public, which is mightywell underscore Emily. So mightywell Emily, where I share, you know, my everyday life of being both a CEO and uh, a chronic illness patient. Mm. Wonderful. Yay. Thank you for sharing all those places to find you. Well, and is there anything else you guys are working on, like forward thinking for 2018 that you're totally excited about and want to share or in a position to share? Yeah, um, we're really excited that, you know, all of the elements of the brand that we've been working on are starting to come to life, you know, out in the public. I think what people like don't realize is like the shirt on their back took so much more work to produce than they like ever would have thought possible. From where does the button come from? Where does the thread come from? You know, how do you import this into the country? So all of those things we've been working on, we'll have six new products launching in 2018, which we're so excited about. They're both products that 
can help other people with chronic illness, but then we have some great products like a medication organizer that can literally help anyone. So we're excited to move into products that have more of a um, universal consumer appeal. Well, is there anything you want to add before we get to our last two questions? No, I think we've, we've been pretty spot on and I feel like I'm just talking to a friend, which has been awesome. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's how I aim for it to be. And I, I feel likewise. Well, where have you seen resistance come up in your life and how have you overcome it? I'd say just dealing with my health has definitely been a huge element of, you know, push and pull throughout my life because it took so long for me to get diagnosed and really just fighting with healthcare professionals to say, you know, this is more than just, you know, some pain or this is more than just depression or anxiety. There's something actually wrong with me. So that took almost seven years. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about in my free time is, is Lyme disease awareness because it literally can happen to anyone and it doesn't have to get to the chronic stage that, that I live my life at. But then other than that, I think, you know, just as a young woman starting a consumer facing business, you know, even just raising money, like there's definitely been some resistance there where people, you know, couldn't relate to it or they're like, I don't get it. Or they're like, okay, this is not a business that, you know, is venture backed. And by the way, almost all of this has been, you know, old white men saying this. So my team and I, that's why we turned to platforms like Republic who are really open to minorities investing. And like my team as well, like we are completely minority based, you know, the majority of us are women my partner, Yusuf, he's originally from Kuwait. So we like to kind of say we're the United Nations behind Mighty Well, and we can really relate to everyone. But sometimes, you know, the mainstream just hasn't been able to relate to us. And it's coming. Mm. Yeah, I can see the, well, what, I, that you represent so many different kinds of people, I think is, is an attribute that will serve you well. And everyone that comes in, you know, connection with Mighty Well will see that as well. So, yeah. Interesting. Last and most joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? Hmm. Great question. I was thinking about this one before. So three ways. One, I think everyone should go to therapy because we all have like many traumas in our life. And what's a big deal to me? you know, may not be a big deal to you, but I think everyone should have their own personal therapist or like emotional support animal. It'll just make them a better person. Two, I think like it's so important to find time for yourself. For me, like I love to give my time and help other young women and other entrepreneurs that are starting up. But then sometimes I realize like, oh my God, like I just gave so much energy to that other person. I don't have energy for myself. So I'm really trying to take more time to do the little things, like whether it's get my nails done or like go shopping or, you know, just like give myself a weekend to just binge watch Netflix. And three, I think, you know, finding time for your family. Again, you know, it sounds kind of like cliche, but some of the greatest joy I find in my life is spending time with like my three-year-old niece who like just everything is exciting to her or, you know, hanging out with my 14-year-old brother and playing video games. Like those little things are just moments, I think, that you'll always remember. So, you know, I guess taking care of yourself and um, taking care of the ones that love you 
is really the ways I find joy and I hope that other people can as well. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on, Emily. Thank you, Paula. Emily, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your journey and your story with us. Thank you for following your heart and creating products and community for people who so desperately need them. If you want to get the links to Mighty Well or any of Emily's websites or social media accounts, you can find them all at the show notes for this episode at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 119. Also, there's still time if you want to invest in Mighty Well in this next round of funding, and you can find the link and more information about how to do that at republic.co, and you just search for Mighty Well. If you've enjoyed this interview and you haven't yet subscribed to Jumpstart Your Joy, you can do that on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, (laughs) all the normal podcasting sites. The easiest way, though, to figure out What will work for your phone is head to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com and you'll find a subscribe dropdown from the top navigation. Those links will take you right to iTunes if you are on an Apple device or to an Android site where you can subscribe. It also means so much to me to get your reviews, so please do leave a review. I read everyone. Next week on the podcast, I'm going to be doing a solo cast where I talk about the imposter syndrome. In following our dreams, so many of us feel like we come up against those questions of why should I be the one that does this? Or we feel like the thing that we're trying to achieve is somehow just out of reach because we either don't have the skills or the background or the know-how to be doing this specific thing. Or do we? We'll be talking all about the things that come up when you're really going after your dreams and how sometimes it feels like you're an imposter in trying to follow them. I'll be going through lots of different ways to deal with these feelings because I truly believe that as you start to feel the imposter syndrome, you are actually much closer to doing exactly the thing you should be doing than maybe you think. So I hope you'll come back next week to tune in for that episode. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.